This is Life Made Better, a podcast from two coaches with a zest for not only their lives, but yours. In this series, Fleur and Lucia seek out tips, tools and exercises to inspire you to achieve your dreams and goals. Join us and let's make life better. Hello, everyone, and welcome to one more episode of Life Made Better. We have another amazing guest today with us, which is Karen Moore. Karen is a strengths coach. She is on a mission to transform the school system dynamic and performance and to help those teams achieve their highest performance, as well as increase employee engagement and retention. Karen was in the school system herself for a long time, which of course helped her uh, better understand the challenges their teams face, as well as come up with that bespoke solution to help them improve and thrive. Karen, I'm sure our audience would love to hear a little bit more about you. So why don't you tell us a bit more about your background and path and welcome to Life Made Better. Thank you and, and thank you very much for, for having me. Um, yeah, so a little bit about me. So, so um, straight out of university, I, I went into teaching and, and have taught in North Yorkshire and, and here in the East Midlands um, and in various different roles, but it's always been it's always been a real passion and I think where that comes from has been that that wish to and that that joy when you can kind of hold the mirror up to other people and show them how great they are and motivate them and encourage them to really fly and so for a long time I, I did that with seven eight nine ten year olds just helping them to just see their potential and see how they could be amazing and just kind of turn that you know we, we have a culture don't we where we're, we're very focused on what's wrong with us what could be better and the improvement is important but actually I think if you come from a point of strength you're following your joy, you're following your passion. That came out through through teaching and, and I was a teacher, senior leader, uh, worked in a teaching alliance, led the led the, the primary sector of our, our local teaching alliance with all the courses. So so that that was a nice step because again, holding up that mirror to help people see where they can fly and where the possibilities are and then moving move to adults and then currently I, I, I then moved into, into coaching which sort of came as a result of the working in the, in the teaching alliance um, and just is such a passion so so I mean I, I jokingly say that you know I'm still doing what I did when I taught seven-year-olds but people are just taller now and that's not to be patronizing to either end of the the spectrum you know it is just about you know I just see everybody as people and, and you know some of us have, have been around a little bit longer it doesn't make us any better it doesn't make us any worse uh, it just makes us more, more experienced I love that Karen and it's so nice to have you here a woman from uh, my own thinking and my own background obviously being teaching and, and very passionate about uh, helping people come from their strengths and I think there has been a lot of research recently about that people that um, work from their strengths are the people that are most successful they don't dwell on what they can't do they really work at what they can do so it's so good to hear you're focusing on that well kind of explain to us more about leading from our strengths what that can do well, really, I think what often, I mean, within the teaching world, but I think wider than that, we're very good at seeing what other people are good at. And I don't know whether it's cultural or whether it's habitual, but but often we're not quite as good at seeing with clarity what we're good at. 
And often when I'm coaching people and we're, we're talking about them, their strengths, it can be, oh, yeah, but everybody does that. No, they don't. No, they don't. They do all sorts of other wonderful things, but they don't do that and they don't do it in the way that you do it. And I think where you see, see leaders, uh, particularly inexperienced leaders, where they're finding it really difficult is, is that revelation. That actually, they're trying to pretend to be somebody else. Maybe they were really inspired by a leader in the, in the past um, and thought, oh, yeah, that, that's the way to do it. Well, there's all sorts of things we can learn from that, that great role model, but actually you've got to come from you. It's that authenticity. Um, and I think when we come from that, when we come, we come back to our values, we come back to what's really important and different and strong about us, we then lead with, you know, that there's a motivation, there's enthusiasm, but there's also authenticity. And I think people know that. People know when you're coming from, from where you're deeply rooted in. You know, if you're pretending in any way, uh, people see through it. They might not be able to pinpoint why, but, you know, it, 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 it makes people feel a little less safe, I think. And, 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 and also, I think, it's, it's in any example, when, 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 you, when you're just following someone else's footprints, you, you don't know the why. You haven't got your why. You know, if we come back to all that Simon Sinek work about what is your why, why do you bound out of bed in the morning? You know, you only do that if, you, if, if what you're doing is really rooted in what's fundamentally important to you. Yeah, I think that's a really good analogy. I think it also comes from the neuroscience, doesn't it, that uh, we are hardwired to look for the negative so actually we find it hard to see our own strengths, but we can see other people's strengths because it's not a threat to us, but it's hard to see our own strengths. So that was a really useful. Thank you. It's always harder to look on the inside, but one thing that really has just stuck with me of what you said, Karen, is like obviously looking at the strengths and uh, believing that we are not unique. And I just love when you said like, look, yeah, somebody else might have that, similar strength but whatever they do they are not doing it the way that you do and that is just so beautiful and so empowering in itself like really understanding and really digging into why you do what what you do and how do you do it when you cross those two it can't be so amazing so empowering and it's really your own unique strength so, you know, I think that's something really important to share with everybody is like, whatever you're doing, do not think that just because somebody else has done it too, it has no value for you because it hasn't been done your way. So do it, just try it. Absolutely. And I think, you know, you, you've got the, the kind of the bumper sticker that, you know, be yourself, everyone else has taken. And, and whilst that might appear a little cheesy, it, it's also true, you know, and I do think as I've got older, there is that element of, I'm not getting today back, you know, am I going to build all sorts of walls in my way because other people think I shouldn't or I couldn't or like, you know, maybe things that I heard when I was very young and I'm, I, you know, or am I just going to give it a go? Because actually, you know, that, I think it's the fear of failure often that, that holds, holds us all back. And, and certainly when I took that leap to be self-employed, you know, I'd gone from education and then I'd gone back into education and there's a lot of rules and you do this and you do that, you know, that, that kind of leaping out there. And lots of people said to me, you must be so afraid. And actually it was a real joy because wasn't afraid, wasn't afraid at all. And what's interesting reflecting on, you know, in preparation for today was, was actually it's never occurred to me that it will go wrong. It really genuinely hasn't. I, I, and I don't see how it can go wrong in the sense that 
I haven't got a view of exactly how it must be in five years. What I've got a view of is how am I going to live really intentionally today? It's really important to me to be doing meaningful work that helps others. If I'm doing that, it's going to lead on to things that are really exciting that I don't know about yet. And isn't that brilliant? That was a real turning point for me. I think that was probably something that, that kind of came to me. It was an insight that I had about, I don't know, about four or five years ago. And that was, and, and, and that enabled me to make the jump to, to work within, within the Teaching Alliance. Because and, and, that was a kind of self-employed kind of a way of doing things. And certainly to become a self-employed person myself, that actually let go of the need to have a real concrete view of where I'm going. I need to know how I'm going to get there, so how I'm going to be. I need to know that I'm adding value. But actually, I don't need this really rigid roadmap. Um, and, I don't, and again, letting go of that perfectionist element, I don't need 50 things and loads of pieces of paper and lots of plans. And, you know, actually, am I making impact with the people that I work with? Yes, I am. So I'll keep doing it until I don't. Yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head there as well. It's about that inner happiness then, isn't it? because you're not looking for something outside of yourself to feel good. You're doing the things that are really important and authentic to you about making a difference in people's lives. And then you're on a happy road. And if you show up every day, it doesn't matter what road you go on because you're still making a difference. There's that inner happiness. And that also is about managing expectations because again, for any entrepreneurs listening to us, quite you know, quite frequently we think that success is going from A to Z. But the road from A to Z, it can be so, so different. Like, it is not a straight line. You wake up one day and then overnight you become this success. It's winding roads, it's trying and failing, it's going one step forward, three steps backwards. So I think, you know, you, you hit the head in the nail again then when you said, all I knew is that I wanted to make this difference. That was my end goal. How did I get there? Wasn't so much of a problem. And I think when you step onto something, whether it is a new career path, whether it is whatever decision that you're about to make in your life, distracting yourself from that pressure and just knowing that, yes, that's the end goal, but how do I get there? Doesn't really matter as long as I'm doing it with joy, as long as I am aligned with my values can be, very very liberating and ends up being a success anyway because you don't have that sort of high expectation either so i think another great point that you just met grace yeah i mean i read the book um by mary portas work like a woman which is actually i mean the title's a little bit um misleading because i i, it, I don't think it's got anything to do with women well it has but it, it you know i think it applies to everyone i think actually working well is probably a better a better title but that in that she talks about you go with your instinct what's your gut telling you because actually sometimes when i've when i've been self-limiting it's because i've just worked with my head you know it's been all very logical and that's fine you know you need that i'm not saying you don't need that but also i think you need your heart and you need your gut so does it feel right? You know, and I think that pulls back into integrity, authenticity, trust, all those kind of really important values that are really important to everybody, really important to me, really important to the people I work with. And I think particularly within the coaching space, you know, it is about do you have that sort of gut trust for the people that you're working with? You know, are you, are you bringing the value that they want? They want and, 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 and do they feel safe when they're working with you? And that 
being more aware of that that is the key has been really helpful for me because because then actually you know you can get stuck on making big decisions but actually you know very few things are set in stone if you if you've gone down a cul-de-sac you know like you say taking that risk taking that things being challenging actually well what are you learning along the way and I'm very aware that as a you know from as a teacher we talk about that with children all the time we talk about take a risk be bold you know the learning's all along the way well actually and this this was about 10 years ago when I first stepped into working in teaching alliance that was a revelation that I was really good at teaching that but come on you know put your big girl pants on and do it yourself as well because I think we're very you know it's very easy to sit there telling children what they should do and they're not doing it yourself staying in your own little box because it's safe um so so yeah so sometimes it is a case of you know taking your own advice so do you think when we teach we learn so much because we're always asking kids to step out of their comfort zone and I think as teachers we remember then that those little things that we've told the kids and like you said put your big girl pants on in the step into your own zone of genius and come out of your comfort zone and also about that emotional resilience of keep trying you know if something doesn't work out what it's not that it didn't work out it was just a different learning to steer you back onto another path but we won't know that if we don't take those steps and again what you said about following your instinct I think that is so important because we are conditioned by society by teachers by parents to think we should follow a certain path and there's many of us that have become adults and realize that we've followed a path that wasn't our own and as coaches it's really beautiful isn't it when you get them to realign with who they really are and getting them to quiet that mind and connect with their body, their soul, their heart, whatever, their gut, whatever you want to call it, but really connecting with their who they know they are is such an important gift to be able to give somebody else. And Karen, I wouldn't mind that when you that do do that with you know with teachers and the school system, knowing that that will then go on and impact the lives of all those other students. You know that must be even more you know empowering and fulfilling if if there's room for that but I'm curious obviously as we were saying you put on your big grown-up pants uh and uh, you apply these strengths coaching can you tell us a little bit what's the main difference that you've seen in performance after you've come in and helped these schools based on mm-hmm. the strength so great question so so I think there's two levels there's the individual and there's the team so if we talk about the individual first of all, so strengths coaching, the strengths element, which some people have thought was something to do with weights, and naturally it's not. So, so there's no weights involved, there's no running or boot camp. So that's that's the first good news. To go with that good news, I use the the, the tool Clifton Strengths Finder, which has been around for a long time, um, based on 60 years of, of, um, of research, and uh, based in uh, that sort of positive psychology space but we use that we hold that lightly but but what what happens there is is having done that you come out with your five top strengths and what's really interesting to use that with individuals is it kind of verbalizes it helps them to verbalize the ways that they're great and then again we're having these conversations yeah but everybody does that everybody does that no they don't they absolutely don't because look, here's our team grid, and they don't do that because they haven't got this, you know. And 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 coming up with that, looking at that uniqueness, and there I think it's actually 
because teachers, I think, particularly, although this this works, I think it just works with people, but teachers are particularly others focused. And I think there can be that forgetting that actually you've got to nurture yourself as well. You've got to stay strong. You've got to stay inspired. You've got to stay motivated because then you make a bigger difference to all those people, be it your school team that you're leading or be it those children that you're teaching. And coming back to that passion. So I would say, to answer your question, for individuals, with teachers particularly, the biggest impact is helping them find their passion again. Quite often I'll go into coaching sessions and they'll say, well, actually, I think I've had enough now. And, you know, I, I want to think about how I can, can move out and, and, and move into other areas. I'm like, okay, okay, so come on, tell me what's important, what's important. So we then have about half an hour where they pour out their hearts about how important the children are and how important it is to develop others. And then by the time we get to the end, you know, it, it, maybe it's the admin that's got them down. Maybe, you know, maybe it's a particular leadership. For, it could be all sorts of things. But actually what's happened is their mission has got tarnished and tired. And that happens to the best of us. We all get lost along the way, don't we? So the coaching kind of becomes, more often than not, it can become, a, well, how, how, do you, how do you pull that back? How do you fight for that? How do you make that? Or find that job, that that, that career that, that that you wanted. You know, how do you get that mission back? And sometimes that can look for some can be that actually I'm going to step up to leadership because I know what can be great in our school. I know, you know, I'm I'm going to put my head above the parapet and I'm going to go for that. Sometimes it can be I'm definitely not. I want to spend more time with the children. And I think that that's an interesting thing just to kind of really be in charge of your own engagement and your motivation through the week, that knowing these are the jobs that absolutely sat me. Some of them I'm going to have to do because it's a job, not a hobby, but how can I do them in a different way? But with lots of it, it's a case of kind of like, how can I put the passion back into my week? How can I, how can I put the joy? So from a, from a team's point of view, I think it's the same kind of thing, but on a bigger scale. So, so what I would say is what we're working towards when I'm working with a senior leadership team is, is we're looking to find that high-performing tribe. And I would say tribe rather than team, because for me, tribe has got that belonging. It's got that in it together. You've got your shared values. Everyone's got your back. You can do all the, the, the resilient. You can go out the limb. You can take a risk because actually we're all in it together. Um, whereas a team can be a group of people who work in the same building and have very, other, very little connection other than that. And I think it's kind of realising that, that those two extremes and the, and the myriad of versions in between, you know, that's an intentional act. You know, you might have the odd lucky accident where, where teams are fantastic, but not very often, I don't believe. And, and, and you can intentionally move people up and down that scale. So we use strengths as a, as a dialogue to kind of identify how we're the same, but also identify how we're different. And having identified that, then actually action it. Because it's all very well saying, oh, yeah, so-and-so is really great at this, and I'm really great at that. Well, if it just stays at that, it's an interesting insight, and it will make the staff party go better, but it's not going to make any difference to the children in the classroom. It's not going to make any difference to, to collaboration. Whereas actually that, well, what we're going to do with it, and, and really being quite, you know quite specific about that so when I go into when I start a project with a with a school team we are really 
very exacting at the beginning. You know, how do you, what do you want it to feel like? You know, what's going to be different? What are the kind of conversations you're going to have in the staff room between individuals at the end of it? What real clarity over what kind of culture are you going to fight for? And, and are you going to, you know, enthuse and, and motivate people? And, and that's, that, I, I, you know, that's, that's what I mean by I really want to do meaningful, powerful work because I think seeing, you know, thriving teachers, thriving teams, sort of inspiring young people, it's, it's, it's a joy, joyful place to be then. Yeah. Well done, because I think getting teachers just to reflect and inquire about how they can work better as a team has such an incredible effect on school life. You know, if everyone's happier, the children are happier. So having it come from strength and joy, I mean, it's music to my ears and I'm sure it is to our audience as well because I've worked in many, many schools because I was a consultant that went, traveled around the schools and I could feel it when I went into a school immediately when teachers and senior leaders all got along and valued each other. And it was seen in the kids straight away. But when it was that top-down model of scared, we all need to do as we're told, the atmosphere was terrible and it affected the children. So to know somebody is going in and really trying to make an impact, hats off to you. I think it's amazing. Keep up the good work. I'm curious what inspired you to become, you know, a coach and go bigger than where you were making a difference. What made you take that next big step? I mean, I, I suppose it's interesting as you're talking about that consultant role, there was an element where that, that was kind of the nature of some of the work I was doing with, within the, the Teaching Alliance. I think when you're kind of looking in from a distance, it, it's, you get powerful insights. And, and I know there's, there's far more of a coaching approach within schools now, and that's great. However, when I see, sometimes I see where that's used in quite a hierarchical manner. So actually it just becomes mentoring, which may or may not be successful. And I think there's an element of being an external person as a coach, being an external coach is really powerful because people can say anything because we're in our bubble of confidentiality. So you can say that the head drives you crazy because they keep doing this, that and the other. You can say that and there are no consequences and you can explore that with somebody else. And sometimes I find there are people who, who have never said that and go, right, okay, well, well how can we work with that? And, and, and so I think it, it was a case of, I was at a turning point, really. I'd been in the Teaching Alliance for quite some time, and it was a case of, right, do I, do I take the next step? And, and it, that was all about strategy and, and, and politics and things like that. And I just thought, you know, it, it, I, sh- I felt I should. And one of the things that, that strength development has given me, and that, that's my driver for it, so I am inadvertently getting to the answer to your question, it had given me power, it had given me the ability to be bold and to try and to fall on my face and that not be the end of the world. And I'd never had that. I'd been quite kind of, had to be right and had to be perfect and, and that, you know, it has to be this and it has to be that. And, and, and it has to be within someone else's framework. And strengths enabled me to realise what restrictions I was putting on my ideas and my thoughts. So actually coming out, and I think the fact that I've been in education means that I do understand the strains. I do understand, you know, that the budgets are tight and I do understand that there's all sorts of accountability and yes, we've got to do this, that and the other. 
However, I, I just feel that, that, you know, especially when you've got lots of small schools that are coming together in multi-academy trusts, why would you not collaborate? Why would you not try and make your life easier? Why would you not try and work together in that, that way? But the relationships have to be right for that to happen, as you say. And if the relationships are wrong, then it's just meetings and that's all it is. There's no outcome. So I think it was just seeing, seeing dynamics within schools and, and just thinking there are so many well-intentioned people. So often when I go into a school, what I can end up when I've had individual coaching sessions with people, and I'm sure in coaching you maybe find the same, is I've got this image of, say, 10 hardworking, highly committed, very well-intentioned individuals in a room, all looking in a different direction, all strongly agreeing with each other, but thinking they're not. And and, And they're kind of covered in this cloud of unsaid. And you think if half of that was said, life would just be so much better. So an awful lot of when I do the team coaching sessions is about like, what is unsaid? We've said this. What is the next little thing we could say that's never been said before? You know, if we said that, will something terrible happen? Would it be the end of the world? And they're in control. You know, they're, you know they're, they, they, they have choice over what they say. But, but that kind of actually... Yeah, we could say that actually we don't want to do this or we don't like that. Or we would, you know, we did such and such a while ago and that was brilliant. Can't we do more of that? And, and just giving, giving people that, that voice, I think, is, is, is really, really important. Because often when I'm talking to leaders, one of the things they say is I've just got this, you know, it's all on me. I'm pushing this rock up a hill, you know, oh, you know, I've got, I've got massive, massive workload, but I'm all on my own genuinely doesn't have to be like that again it's about that perception isn't it yeah and it's helping them see through a different pair of eyes that what everybody's skills are and how if they brought that together the magic could happen and allowing that safe space for it to happen which i think is another beautiful thing that you know coaching can can provide and most definitely when you pair that up with where are your strengths what are you good at and let's share it with the room and let's make sure that it works together um, so Karen obviously that is uh, quite the job and uh, you know is that is a lot of pressure on you to make it work so I'm just curious what are the best resources that have helped you along the way where do you find that strength on yourself I personally found Clifton Strengths Finder really really helpful and uh, like I say, that's one of my key tools that I use. I and mean, people, you can go on the web, their website and it's 20 quid um, and you can do it. If you just do it, I think it's a piece of paper and it's interesting. Gallup have an enormous number of free resources that you can then find out a little bit more about yourself. So there's all sorts of podcasts that are free about the different themes that come up for you. And there's all sorts of blogs that are amazing. And I'm very happy to share that link if, if, if that's, that's a helpful thing to do. I think for me personally, the best resources have been when I've collaborated. So from a starting a business point of view, it's been going to um, the Rutland Business Group and getting to know people there. It's been joining and starting, in some cases, alumni groups for, for other coaches and working, to, working together on that. And that's been really powerful in building those collaborations. Most recently, um, probably has been going for about nine months now, 
Um, there's six of us, six coaches who come from completely different areas, and we've started a mastermind group. So what we've done there is, is we meet every fortnight and we hold each other to account and we have different things. You know, so so, um, so I'll do things on team coaching with somebody else who's really strong on personal branding, various different things like this and and, and, and just pulling together. So so whilst we are sole entrepreneurs, we are working as a, as a team and very much a strengths-based based team and, and pulling on that. And, and I think that's, that has been hugely helpful because I think that sole entrepreneur, you know, it can get a bit lonely, you can get a bit lost. And I had a really great sales conversation a couple of days ago. I had people I could tell and who really understood. You know, my husband's great. He goes, yeah, that's great. You know what I'm talking about. In a lovely way, in a lovely way. You know, 100% behind me. But, you know, whereas they really got it and they were really, oh, yeah, that's fantastic. So I think it is, so the, the resource for me has been people very, very strongly. I think another massive resource for me has been that that reading 10 pages a day. And and you hear that everywhere, don't you? And you think, yeah, yeah. But actually, I think that that reading 10 pages a day at a time when you're sharp, so that's not, for me, that's not reading 10 pages a day before I go to bed because then I'll make my head will be full of it and I won't sleep and then I'll have a rotten day the following day. Um, it is that ten, reading 10 pages first thing in the morning when I can actually access it and, and then things just kind of float up in my head through the day. I, I would say that that has been a really, really powerful thing for me. Thank you. That's so helpful for our listeners. So, Karen, what is the one question you wish you, we had asked that we haven't? Goodness. I had a big think about this when, 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 you know, when we were prepping for this, and, and, and it's interesting. I think it's... I suppose maybe it's a case of me sort of what's been most important to me in my journey. And that has that has been let, letting go of needing to have the answer, needing to know the journey, needing to be an expert on things. You know, I, 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 I know a lot, a lot about my area of coaching. I know a lot about my area of education, but nobody knows everything. And that's OK because actually with coaching, it's, it's not about telling people what they should do, that's consultancy. It's about helping them find their way. So actually, what I need there is I, I need the right behaviours. You know, I, 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 need, I need that compassion, that trust, that hope, that stability, rather than a bag of tricks. And I think that was an interesting thing to put down. As a teacher, I you know, always had a couple of lessons ready for, uh, you know, whatever might happen. And actually, I, I, I can put that down now because what I need is I need to, to be in the right mindset. And, and that, that's been a real powerful learning for me. Mm, that's beautiful, Karen. Thanks for sharing that. And one more question before we let you go. Can you sum up in one sentence, how have you made your life better? I think I've gone for it. I've gone for it and one of the ways that I knew I'd gone for it which was really lovely was my daughter said she was very proud because I've been brave and that was beautiful because you know you think all these things you try and teach your children and tell your children actually they learn so much from what you do don't they <laughs> and, and I talked the talk for a long time but then I'd actually gone and done it yeah and and, and it was lovely that she was proud of me and that, that made me proud of me thank you thank you very much for being with us today i think it's been 
one inspiring talk. Thank you so much for stepping into that role and for making the difference for all the schools and the school system. I know as a mum of somebody that is starting school this year, I very much appreciate it. So thank you. Thank you very much from the bottom of my heart. for doing oh, Pleasure. And to all of you listening to us, thanks again for joining us one more week. We're going to pop in the comments how you can link with Karen in case you want to reach out, find out more about her. So please look out for those links in the comments. And if you want to connect with me or Fleur, these are also going to be in the comments as well. Please make sure that you are reaching out to us and letting us know any comments, suggestions. If you want to come on the show, don't be shy. We are more than open. So please reach out with any any comments or suggestions that you've got. And please keep on sharing the love. If you like this episode or any other one that you've listened to, please ensure that you're sharing that with your tribe, as Karen was saying, so they can find something useful as well. Leave a review. That would make our day if you can do that. Uh, and please subscribe if you can so that it alerts you that we've got a new episode coming up. And until then, we wish you a very lovely week, lots of strength. And keep on going. We'll see you next week. Thank you very much.